Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 289 of the Drunk Dash Rich Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gable. What's up, buddy? Oh, hey, Tyler. Yeah, I am doing freaking fine. <laughs> man, it's been one hell of a week, and I'll just say this right now. By the time this podcast comes out and stuff like that, people will be knowing the good news on coming up, but I'm not going to say anything in regards to it. <laughs> I'll let them find out. But My uh, Gable that... is getting married. <laughs> oh God, if that was the case, man, that would be out of left field. Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't even hear anything was going out with anybody. It's like, who's he marrying? All of a sudden, the next day, it just shows a photo of my fucking hand. <laughs> left hand shows up at the wedding trying to stop it. <laughs> you had your chance. Oh, boy. But other than that, though, it's like, yeah, I'm doing all right. I've been doing plenty of gaming. been watching plenty of stuff. How about you, Tyler? Um, Doing okay. Uh, it's a nice little short week this week at work, only a few days. Um, so spent a lot of it playing uh, video games, um, as the kids call them nowadays. Uh, it's been great, you know. Uh, football's back. Um, we're two week we're uh, two weeks in, or just finished our second week of college football. Uh, Thursday night we had our first NFL game of the season, which was um, borderline unwatchable. Um, as is tradition, usually with uh, football nowadays, uh, that that first couple weeks of NFL is pretty rough. Everybody's yeah, get, it is. Everybody's trying to get you know get back into the groove of things, um, but you know it's football. So no football or some football is better than no football. Uh, I was just telling Gales for the show. I pissed off a irrational sports fans uh, or sports fan, and he, he uh, uh, got really upset really quickly, um, and then. Uh, I asked him a question, and he quickly changed the subject. And then I asked him another question. I, I made a response back, uh, and then he he said that I was um, changing the subject because I didn't have an argument to stand on. But he's the one that when I asked him the question, he changed the subject um, initially, and then I had a response back to his last response. Uh, and then he, when I went to respond back to that last response. He got really angry and then blocked me, which is always fun. I I uh, I, I enjoy that. Um, not really, I, don't, I really don't enjoy that. I, you know, I, I don't like doing that. Uh, it's just funny how sometimes uh, 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 irrational sports fans, uh, how well how fans of sports teams, how irrational they can be. I guess. Oh yeah. Um, oh no shit. I am of the uh, pessimistic mindset when it comes to my teams. I just assume they're going to lose all the time. Even when they're up like forty, it could be forty-five to seven with six seconds left. I'm like, they're going to find a way to blow this game. It's not over yet, guys. Uh, and that's how I am. Uh, it's just better that way sometimes. Um, so it's always fun when you find the people that are like we're the best team ever. But it's just like your team. It's okay, guys. It's it's just you're a mediocre team, and they just get irrationally upset when they um, when you tell them that, you know. Uh, and not even in a mean way. You just like, hey. Team's not that good, you know. I don't know. Anyways, so I've been doing okay. Uh, it's been a very expensive uh, past week for me. I, oh um, shit, isn't it? Yeah. So I uh, mentioned. I think I mentioned last week on the show, but I bought my uh, I bought a new controller for the PS4, the translucent translucent one. It's like see through blue, and a headset, which is very nice. And then I also bought an Xbox One X. Um, on I bought one on Sunday. Um, 
I, I sent it to Gables um, when I got home on Sunday that I bought one. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was awesome. I got a free month of Game Pass with it, free month of uh, uh, our Xbox Live Gold. Uh, came with a copy of PUBG. I'm like, cool. So I downloaded everything. Uh, took most pretty much all day on Sunday to download everything. Because I had, like, with the Game Pass, I had, like, seven or eight games to download. And they're all, like, 70 to 100 gigabytes apiece. And uh, played for, like, I don't know. I played Halo 5 for, like, a half an hour. Played the first level and a little bit more. Um, and I quickly, I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm good on this game. Uh, and then I, went to, I turned it back on on Monday. And it wouldn't turn on. What? Yeah, it wouldn't turn on. Uh, I didn't tell you about this part. So I uh, I looked it up online. Apparently, like, so, like, with the Xbox One X, I think the S is the same way. Like, the brick that came with the, they had to plug in as well, the giant, like, brick that was like the old xbox 360 and the original xbox oh, one no. had uh had a brick with it to plug in so it was like two plugins and one uh two for the xbox um well the newer ones now the brick is basically inside of the mm-hmm. xbox itself yeah so a big issue they have with these not a big issue but it's, it's a minor problem um uh the uh the power cord will sometimes like short circuit on it basically and will fry the power cord and I'm like, well, shit. I'm like, okay. So it was Monday, Labor Day. Um, places are opening later. So I went I, call, I went to GameStop, which is like five minutes away from my house. And um, bought a new power cord, like 10 bucks. Uh, plugged, it back, plugged it in. I'm like, okay, this has got to be it. Still wouldn't start. Um, so actually, let's kind of circle back a little bit. I actually went to the Microsoft store. Um, so I was talking about, we talked about the last couple weeks about they had the Xbox All Access, All Access plan. Yeah, uh, that was like twenty two bucks a month for the S, or thirty five bucks a month for the X. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get the X, you know, and I'll just pay it off uh, and get it paid off when I can. Um, so I went up there on Sunday and I looked on the website. And they open at ten. I'm like, I'm just gonna get there as soon as they open, so I can get back because it's like a thirty minute drive out there. Um, I'm like, as soon as they open, I'm gonna, uh, I'll get it, get home, and I'll have you know. At least Sunday afternoon, evening, and Monday to play it and stuff like that and get it all set up. And uh, went there. Uh, at, I got there like 5 after 10. And I'm like, hey. I went there and it was like a, a little kiosk going to send them all. I didn't realize that when I got there. Um, and I went up there to the, the thing to go talk to the lady. And she kind of ignored me for like, you know, 30, 40 seconds. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like nobody else is here but me. And... She got to me. She's like, "Can I help you, sir?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just here for the uh, Xbox All Access plan." And she's like, "Oh, great, cool, all right, cool, great. We can do that." I'm like, "Sweet, let's, all right." And she looks at like it was like a two second pause. She's like, uh, "Come back when we open." Um, what? And I'm like, uh, "I'm like, well, the, I looked online. It says your, the store, like directly that store itself opens up at 10 a.m. on Sunday." And I told her that I'm like, "Hey, you it says you're online. You open at 10. Oh, we open when the mall opens." And when's that? Um, I didn't, I'm assuming 11, but she said, we open when the mall opens. Come, and she's like, come back then. And she walked away. I'm just like, okay. So it's 10 after 10 at this point. I got 50 minutes. So the mall opens. Uh, I'm like, I, I just drove a half an hour out here. Um, I'm not want, I don't want to leave. Uh, like, I don't want to head back. After, like driving all the way out here for this. Like, I don't really. I don't really leave my side of town very much. Um, so I drive all the way out here and then told, oh, you got to wait an hour to to get this. I'm like, 
Uh, so I went back to my car, walked back there, and I sat there for about five minutes or so, and I realized. So um, the Best Buy on my side of the town closed about two years ago. Uh, and I have like the Best Buy credit card, and I have I've talked about it a lot before. I have the Best Buy, um, what is it, Gamer Club account where you get twenty percent off off games, stuff like that. Uh-huh. So um, I'm like, oh shit, there's a Best Buy here, uh, around here, and I looked. It's in the same fucking parking lot as this as this uh, the small. So I drove over there, like two minute drive, and went up there. They had a, bought an Xbox One. So you bought the Xbox One through you know the the Microsoft uh, thing. You had to pay. You know, probably like the two years of Xbox Live and the two years of Game Pass, and it didn't come to free game. Well, this here had a month of each of those and PUBG. I'm like, all right, cool. And I remember while I was in the car, I'm like, I have my Best Buy credit card. If I spend X amount of dollars, I don't have to. I get like a no financing plan where I have a year to pay it off. So I'm like, oh shit. So I went up there. So instead of paying 850 bucks, I paid 500 bucks and I got my Xbox One with PUBG. And uh, I have a I have a year to pay off that, which is that's no problem for me. I can do that. Five hundred bucks is easy enough. It's a way better deal for me actually. Um, it saves me a few hundred bucks, and I don't have to worry about make, paying this making this payment for two years. And uh, yeah, so anyways, going back, uh, wouldn't start whatever. I had to wait for the Best Buy to open up. It was like first thing in the morning on Monday. I went to go play it. And I couldn't play it, and so kind of a Monday was kind of a wasted day for me. Uh, kind of an upsetting day. So I had to drive all the way back out there. Go get a new one. Uh, got a second free copy of PUBG. Um, yeah. Gave that to Jake, actually. I asked anybody if they wanted it, and Jake was the first one to respond. Oh, um, of course. But yeah, now I have, an, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, now I have a uh, Xbox One X, which is cool. Um, kind of a long story short for that. Or a long story, make it short, round it up. Uh, I got an Xbox One X now, uh, which is really cool. I played uh, a little, like I said, a little bit of Halo, Halo 5. Um, which is, yeah, it's whatever. But I had, uh, I want to try something out that had HDR and all that, up to all the big updates to it. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then I, uh, um, I played a little bit of Gears 4. So it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, I don't, I downloaded a few games to check out. I played, a, I played like Super Lucky's Tale, which is like a mediocre platformer game um, for, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes. It's, it's whatever. It's like I said, it's, a, it's, it's like a, um, a wannabe like, and I don't, want to, I don't want to trash too much. I'm going to play for a little bit. But it feels like a uh, second or third level uh, platformer game from like uh, from like the 90s. It's like when we had like a million of those, it feels just like another one of those. Like nothing stands out about it. Nothing really, you know, it's just kind of, ah, eh, it's there. Um, so it's one of those. Uh, but it's cool to have. Uh, I don't have any games to play for right now. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a game. The next game I buy, that's third party. I'm definitely going to buy it for the Xbox One X because I want to try it out and see how it looks on there. I don't really have anything new. But, um, you know, it's kind of... I, I easily could have waited probably until like February when Crackdown 3 came out uh, to get it. Um, but, you know, I went all, all the way out there to get get the Microsoft One. Couldn't get it. And I'm like, I ain't going home without it. And I found a really good deal on getting one. Plus, I got 100 bucks back in Best Buy bucks. So it's a pretty sweet deal. So it really only cost me like four hundred bucks. Uh, so yeah, um, that's a long intro for me. But yeah, that's what's going on with me. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so let me get this straight. You pretty uh, much your Xbox One just stopped working, and all of a sudden it's like you pretty much got yourself another one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I just call up there. They well, we have a fifteen day thing. 
come back up, which sucked because, you know, it's a, like I said, it's like a half an hour drive out there. Um, so what did you do with the one that was dead? I gave it back to him. And I just, I asked oh, him, good, like, hey, good, I good. have, like, all my information on here. Like, I have my credit cards on here, all my info's on here. And they're like, oh, we're just going to send it back to Microsoft Store. I'm like, sweet. And then I just grabbed another one, and I got another one. So it's kind of nice. So I have a few months of Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass for free because um, okay. I got extra codes and stuff, and they had some deals going on. So yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely going to check out more of the Game Pass stuff. I downloaded a few games out of it. Um, I, I definitely would say if you, if you don't, didn't have an Xbox One X before uh, and you bought this, that Game Pass thing is a sweet deal. There's like, you know, the Gears of War 4 is in there. Every Halo game is in there. Uh, Halo 1 through 5, I should say, is in there. Uh, the Halo War games 1 and 2 are in there. Um, pretty much everything's in there but um, Reach, which is my favorite Halo game. But um, yeah, so this is kind of cool to have. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, excited to try out, uh, the next big AAA game that comes out for it. Uh, cause I'd like to see, I've heard it's more, you know, it's supposed to be more powerful than PS4 Pro. So I'd like to, i like to see what it looks like then. Um, but yeah, um, it's kind of funny though. I've had, I bought the Xbox one, uh, right before the S came out, uh, a few years ago. And within like three months, that thing went to shit on me. I had to send it back. Luckily, it was still under warranty. Get a new one back. Uh, and then I got an Xbox One X, and the next day it died. And I had to get a new one. So I've, I've had uh, an, an Xbox One for, I don't know, probably a few years or two years probably combined. And I've had four of them already. So that's impressive. Uh, I don't really want, I'm not trying to say anything bad about it. I think it's just I've had shit luck more than uh, bad. Um, uh, you know, Xbox is bad or anything. Um... But yeah, that's kind of what's going on with me. Uh, should we move? We don't have any topics this week. Not a lot. You want to just jump in those real quick before we jump into what we've been playing? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out though, real quick, guys. That uh, Hyperlight Drifter is now on Switch, baby. <laughs> so um, get that. I played it for a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, another game came out on Thursday, and unfortunately, another game. That I'm one of the more excited games I am for this year came out on Friday, which I'll get to later. Uh, so, but that game is so good, guys. If you have been waiting to play the game, get it now because this is the like the the ultimate edition to get. So, it has newer stuff and newer weapons. So, twenty bucks, buy it. Cables. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Justin, I know you're listening. Fucker, buy it. <laughs> so I'm making everybody I know buy it. Um, even people don't have switches, just go buy it, um, just to say you have it. Uh, but also, real quick, actually, before we get into uh, the news, um, I thought this was crazy, but I saw a post a few days ago. We are now under two months away from Extra Life, guys. Yes, we so, are. I just want to bring that up real quick. I'm not going to sell it too hard right now. Uh, in about a month, I will. Uh, when we get down to that last four weeks or so. But extra-life.org. Uh, really cool uh, charity. Um, play video games for 24 to 25 straight hours. Depending on how crazy you are. Really, actually, if you just 24 hours, it's crazy. But 25 is immensely harder. I don't know. I, the hour makes a big difference. Uh, but anyways. Um, really cool charity. Um, it's happening on November 3rd uh, of this year. All the money. You sign up. Pick your, pick your uh, children's hospital that you want to uh, support 
and you um, all the money you earn goes to the hospital that you pick. Uh, so check that out, extra-life.org. Go there, sign up, and uh, make money for those uh, beautiful uh, kids out there uh, that are desperately need our help. Um, but moving on to uh, the news, um, not really a lot. We, there's supposed to be a Nintendo Direct this week, but unfortunately, uh, the morning of, uh, there was a terrible uh, earthquake that happened in uh, Japan. So, out of respect, uh, Nintendo delayed it. Um, if I was a betting man, I bet it's probably going to happen early next week sometime. Uh, but as of right now, it's not happening. A few like minor like things seem like they leaked out of it, like Final Fantasy uh, Pocket Edition HD was announced like a few hours after the, the direct was supposed to happen, uh, but it's coming to everything. Uh, Civilization VI is coming to the Switch in I think like November, uh, and Yoshi's uh, Crafted World uh, is allegedly the name of the Switch game, uh, the the Yoshi Switch game that was announced last E3 that we haven't heard nothing about since then. Other than the yeah. fact that there's a small like little blurb uh, from Nintendo saying that it had been it had been delayed to 2000 early 2019, um, we've seen no other gameplay for it other than like the I don't know 40 50 seconds that we saw a year over a year ago. Um, I like I said kind of a slow news week, but uh, coming out of that, it, it makes sense because it was like a. The game looked like it was a kind of a cardboard cutout, kind of a static. You know, where the last one was wool, and then like the the people that made this one before the Woolly World um, made like a Kirby yarn adventure game. Um, so it kind of makes sense we're we're sticking with that kind of aesthetic. Uh, I don't know. Did anything really uh, stand out to you? Like so, basically, actually, I scroll back real quick. That the uh, somebody went on the Nintendo.com website, yeah, and was going through looking at. Some stuff about um, Smash Brothers, yeah. And it's like, hey, other games you we think you'd like might like. Well, Yoshi's Crafted World was on there, so that's kind of yeah. how this. So it came from I think it was like Nintendo's European website actually. So it came from Nintendo's website itself, and then within like an hour of that leaking on Reddit, it was um, it was gone. Uh, a, f- a few other websites have confirmed that was the case. Uh, so this is all. I mean, I maybe mean, that might be the title of the game. But this happened on the website, so we know that for a fact. Um, I guess I don't, I don't know. Is is anything? Are you excited for this game? Is you know? Is there anything that kind of like I mean, a little bit we've seen of it? Are you are you ready for this Yoshi game? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, I am interested in seeing what direction this Yoshi game does go to. I mean, I was a fan of Yoshi's Woolly World that was out on Wii U, and I really am a fan of like the art style and the like the relaxed atmosphere of the game in and of itself not very many games that uh, are released this day and age and stuff are just that relaxing in terms of just go and do this do that and stuff oh hey don't worry about deaths don't worry about this and that but uh this this uh, one that was introduced that is allegedly going by crafted world and stuff it looks all right you know i definitely would be interested if uh there I saw actually a little bit more of it, you know, that uh, seeing if it's like really past the initial phase that it was in from the last footage that we saw, which it looked like it was fairly like in a beta. It looked like it was definitely inside like a beta footage and stuff when it was first revealed and stuff. But 
yeah, I'm somewhat interested in this new Yoshi game. I just need to see more now. <laughs> yeah. I am the same. Uh, I, you know, obviously, uh, I loved Woolly World. I talked about it a lot back in, the, like, 2015, I want to say, when it came out on the Wii U. Um, really enjoyed that game. I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually see it on the Switch again. Uh, but, you know, that that definitely makes sense, the crafted world. I, st- I don't know if I've ever said this on the show. I'm, I may very well have. Um, but after the, the Nintendo Labo was announced, uh, I, f- I wouldn't be shocked or... Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this came out that it is a... Like, there's some Labo... Um, somehow it ties in with it. Like, you can use it. Uh, use Labo with this game. Or, at the le- very least, if at one point in time, that was supposed to be the case. Because I don't really know how well Labo was doing. Like, I know uh-huh. it, it sold well initially... But I don't know how it's done in the months following as it came out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm definitely like it. You gotta like. You, it's gotta be really bad for me not to want to play this game. Because uh, right. this company, at least with Woolly World, they did a really great job. I like Yoshi. Um, do some cool stuff with the amiibo again, like he did in the last game with some cool skins, uh, and bring back the the dog. Oh, is it Poochie or whatever? <laughs> yeah, Poochie. And, yeah, and I, you know, I'm in. So that would be a hard sell for me. But you make it like forty bucks. You know, don't don't gouge me. Which they're probably gonna make it sixty bucks because right. it's the Switch. When it was, you know, on the Wii U, when they're just trying to sell games, is you know, charge forty for it. But now it's probably sixty. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Not really a lot, like I said, that came out of it. There's, like I said, there's a couple other little small things that came out of it, but that was. Uh, kind of the biggest thing. Um, uh, next up, July, uh, MPDs came out, uh, last week, but, uh, with all the news we had last week and we kind of went long, uh, just saved it for this week. Um, so MPDs are, it's not so much games sold, but as, uh, more as money made. So, you know, a game that has, that can, that sells a million copies at 20 bucks a piece, uh, it might not be not make top twenty list, even though a game that at sixty bucks piece sold five hundred thousand copies, that game is going to be on there. It's based off of money, not uh, individual sales. But um, the the top twenty list for the month of July uh, goes as following: uh, number twenty, Destiny Two, which I, I'm I'm giving a lot of uh, props to uh, Best Buy on that one because in July they were selling it for like five bucks a piece with a yeah, free month have. with a free month of PlayStation Plus. Ah. PlayStation Plus, sorry, um, and now actually, whenever you buy a game fr- from Best Buy, uh, they give you a free copy of, of Destiny Two, which tells oh, wow. me they're just trying to get rid of that game. Uh, so I think that's partly to do with that Destiny Two being at number twenty. Uh, Nineteen Minecraft, of course. Eighteen MLB the sh- MLB eighteen the show. Seventeen Detroit Become Human. Sixteen Call of Duty World War Two. Fifteen NBA Two K eighteen. 14, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. 13, God of War. Uh, 12, Lego Incredibles. 11, FIFA 18. 10, Mario Tennis. 9, Rainbow Six uh, Siege. 8, The Crew 2. 7, Mario Odyssey. 6, Far Cry 5. 5, Breath of the Wild. Uh, 4, Insane Trilogy. 3, Mario Kart 8. Uh, 2, GTA 5. And number 1, Octopath Traveler. God damn. 
That's a yeah. strong month of Nintendo, isn't that? Yeah, so they had what? They had two games in the top five. Four, uh, three if you include Crash Bandicoot. I know it came to the Xbox, but... I and mean, you got like I, I three meant. games that were barely released like like a year ago, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you look at exclusive-wise, one, Oct- uh, Octopath Traveler, um, three, Mario Kart 8, yep. uh, five, Breath of the Wild, seven, Mario Odyssey, ten, Mario, Mario Tennis. So wow. they had, uh, what, four games there in the top ten. Uh, you can argue that Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy being released in, uh, at the end of June um, on Switch and Xbox is probably another one of those that's strong for that. Oh, yeah. But I, incredible month. It's um, I, I am absolutely stunned that Octopath Traveler is number one. Um, not that, yep. you know, I'm not because I don't think it was a big game. I, I, from everybody... Going into it, and from you know what everybody said in the reviews, uh, I'm not shocked that it was a great game. I'm just shocked how well it sold. Um, uh, but I, I, I know guess it's, there was a market for that type of a game. <laughs> yeah, uh, to the point that like people couldn't even get physical copies there for a while. Uh, wow! Like they and like they would like they would come out. Square Enix come out like, hey, we're uh, we're making we're gonna make more. Sorry for being we didn't basically like sorry we didn't think this game would be as big as it would as it was. Um, or make it more, and, and like I think recently it's kind of like the last few weeks it's kind of cooled off a little bit. But for like the yeah. first like month that game was out, you couldn't get a physical copy of that game unless you were like wow, were there the second or two after it was like released to buy online. That um, is crazy. Yeah, so it really, uh, you know, July is typically a slow month. Uh. You know, I think uh, looking at the top twenty list, only I think what Captain Toad came out in July. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker actually came out the exact same day as Octopath Traveler, and that was number fourteen. Um, uh-huh. Lego Incredibles, I think, came out in July. Um, you know, but looking at it, only you know, in Insane Captain or the Crash Bandicoot game came out like the last the week of June, so it's essentially a July game. Um, so you look at it, I mean, really, there's only, like, a few new games in that list. Um, but it's it's just cool to see that, you know, it's taken off. Especially in June when, like, you know, GTA V was the number one game sold in that month. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I, I think that's incredible. Uh, I definitely think that that just makes... Like, Octopath Travel 2 is probably being worked on right now. Or at least in the, in the beginning stages of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, and it's just great to see, you know, like I just said, there was like, what, I think four games in the top 10, uh, and uh, that were Switch exclusive, and there was, I think, like six overall, so, right. uh, it's great to see that the Switch is, and that's just, um, physical copy games, this doesn't include digital sales, so, we're still seeing, like, I still see blurbs every few weeks about how this game, uh, you know, uh, this indie game that was digital only, has sold four times as many copies on the Switch as it has everywhere else. Like, I think Dead Cells actually just earlier this week came out and said uh, it sold four times the amount on uh, the Switch as it has everywhere else. Um, That's which is, crazy. Yeah, which is great to see. Uh, so glad to see that that you know that support still you know still sticking with um, with the, with the Switch and only means good things in the future. Um, but moving on to, I think, probably will be our last topic. Actually, is our last topic of the show. Like I said, slow news week. Um, 
But Polygon Polygon.com uh, has decided to remove remove its uh, review scores. Um, so it's a fairly lengthy article. I'm gonna kind of skim through some of this stuff. Okay. Um, but this is all from Polygon's web. Uh, it's all from their website uh, and from the article. Um, but uh, start it off. Uh, this is all quotes from Polygon. Uh, Games have changed since we launched Polygon. Uh, we're changing with them. We believe that a new strategy focusing on criticism and curation will better serve our readers than the serviceable but ultimately limited reviews rubric um, that for decades has functioned as a load-bearing pillar for most ga- uh, game publications. As far as evolution, Polygon will no longer score review uh, score reviews. Um, some of you have noticed we've quietly gradually gradually uh, rolling out this change over the summer, um, scrapping review scores. While a uh, big change on its surface is just a small piece of our plan, we put a lot of thought and effort into this decision and the changes that come with it. We want we want more opportunities to produce illuminating, witty, and challenging criticism for our, for an audience that enjoys thinking about games and their place in the world. We want to serve both tireless players who dedicate hundreds of hours to many games and those of us who no longer have time to play any games but are less are no less passionate about the medium. Still connecting with new releases uh, and important updates through videos, essays, podcasts, social media conversations. We equally want our writers and video makers to experiment with uh, with how they analyze, criticize, and recommend games. To push beyond the tired structure and language of review scores that has uh, accumulated, accumulated like verbal play. The the oh, Jesus Christ, like <laughs> verbal plague. At the same time, we recognize that review scores have certain purpose. We don't see the decision as a stance against scores. They aren't inherently bad. In fact, they can be very helpful in their efficiency. We don't want to abandon or shame readers who traditionally rely on scores for their brevity and eternal oh, turn. Uh, oh, fuck that. Fuck that word. Next <laughs> sentence. Now, everybody has the time to read 3,000 words about a new game or even 300 about an old one or even the time to finish a paragraph. Without scores, how can we serve readers who simply want to know if a game is worth our time and money without the friction of a full review? To help to help readers, we are short on, who, to help readers who are short on time uh, and want to know what to play. We will now include the Polygon recommends badge on essays about games that we strongly believe most of our readers should play. Uh, it is not a final verdict on the game, nor does it suggest we have played every moment of what the game has offered. Has to offer. Instead, the Polygon recommend badge uh, is a statement that we played enough of the game to feel comfortable putting our support behind when a game receives the badge. It will appear on the top of the essay, review, or video. Um, a lot of stuff goes on after the fact. Uh, just kind of more of a uh, summarization of what Polygon itself is. That, that that pretty much kind of states what um, Polygon was thinking and kind of the reasons for getting rid of review scores um, and going to this new um, Polygon recommends or not recommend uh, recommends uh, type platform. But um, coming away from Gables, what do you? What is your thoughts on getting rid of review scores uh, in 2018? Well, let's see. In a way, I can understand why Polygon went with this route because they're right in saying that the gaming landscape and also the the landscape of gaming reviews is sort of changing alongside of alongside with the industry in and of itself. A review score that has mostly been a form of sort of like an archaic thing for the past 20 or so years is definitely 
you know, it has its benefits, you know. There's, there is definitely quite a good benefit in seeing, reading a review score on a website and just getting, oh, okay, this game has pretty much a good review. Okay, this, this is an 8. Oh, oh, that's a bad game. This one's got a 3. But at the same point, for years, gamers and reviewers have been complaining about the aspect of even regardless of, like, review scores and stuff, there are games that are, like, consistently, like, either rated high scores that just people don't enjoy, and then there's, like, games that have been given terrible review scores that, basically, there are plenty of good, if not established, like, a cult following. So, in and of itself, I think the way Polygon is going, you know, I'm kind of interested in seeing how well it does for them. I mean, we've had similar review sites go a similar method. Was it a Kotaku or something that went the same route in and of itself? Yeah, I believe they went there about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. Kotaku went there, like you said, like around a year ago with it, and it has been mostly successful for them. Polygon has had sort of like a mixed reaction with, uh, with a lot of other like gaming fans and other people online and stuff for since well obviously since the site and of itself opened though but it's mostly because of like some of the review scores back then or some kind of clashed with what people with the belief of what the game should have been or something like that but uh that's in and of itself another conversation for another time because that would clash with like how gamers have a perception of a game being a 10 before even playing it in regards to, like, reviewers actually have played this and that, but... Honestly, when I... At the end of the day and stuff, I believe this is a good move by Polygon because this enforces more of a philosophical approach of how... how positive certain games are... You know, just basically how constructive criticism would actually play more of a role in sort of, like, games nowadays consistently because of how, how obviously, when games are released nowadays, they're basically released in patches. You're not going to go ahead and get a game in this day and age that's going to have every single one of its, like, issues just solved just out of the gate. It's not like how it was maybe 20, 30 years ago where a game basically was done once it was released. Didn't matter whether it had glitches or game-breaking bugs or something. People dealt with it. But in this day and age and stuff where review sites have got to aggregate and, like, get back to the review scores and just do this whole review and process stuff like IGN does with, like, say, MMOs and, like, Destiny and, like, other sorts. And then you have, like, uh, certain games that get re-reviewed and stuff because another patch that comes out, you know, that has, like, a better review score. This case in No Man's Sky is, like, another example. I think it more or less kind of fits the tone. You know, but uh, what would you think about the Starler? Um, you know, coming out of it, I think I am in like complete agreement with with doing this. Um, mostly because like even you know to this day when I look at like when reviews come out, like Spider Man reviews came out this past Tuesday, and the first thing I want to look at was like scores. Like that was like, what's the score? Like, I knew yeah, the reviews, of course. like, I, I heard on podcasts, people talk online, like, okay, reviews drop at uh, 9 a.m. on Tuesday. I'm like, okay, 9 a.m., like, you know, I go to break at work, and I'm like, okay, what's what's what scores we're looking at here? And, you know, like, when a game get you know, that game was like, a, uh, I think like a high 80s, low 90s on, like, Metacritic right now. Uh, when you see a game like that, okay, that game is probably more than likely 
really good, or at the very least, at the very worst, well made, you know. And um, it's just kind of funny. Like I, I'll go to like to a website, I go to, like IGN or Canespot, and like I'll scroll immediately down to see what the score is. That's the first thing I want to know. And half the time I'll read like the I'll read a few paragraphs or I'll read the pros and the cons, and uh, it's just kind of a silly thing nowadays, like uh, to do that, uh, especially like you were saying, like games the way they are now and like the last, I mean where they were a decade ago to where they are uh, you know, five years ago to where they are now. It's like look at like Destiny is like the perfect example of this. The first Destiny, Destiny One, oh, where yeah. it came out, people stated the problems. And a year later, they totally did they had this huge update and totally changed like the leveling system and how everything yes. worked about um, uh, all that and like the power and your light and everything like that. Like the not the whole game, but like the like the one of the biggest complaints about the game, um, they fixed completely. It completely changed the game. Then it made my thoughts on the game change quite a bit when I went back and played it. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, there's more of a reason to play this game. It's not this stupid, like, grind your way to get these stupid, uh, or get these items to gradually increase your your light level. That gradually increases your um, your level overall. Uh, now you just you just earn experience points from playing the game. Uh, it's not, you know, do this uh, strike mission 18 times and hopefully get something better. Um, and obviously there's more to it than that, but, like, the vision, like... Totally had like a year one update, and then they had like a year two update. You know, it's just games themselves has changed wildly overall. And yeah. to see, you know, to have a, a game like Destiny that came out, I think when it launched, it was like a seven. Like you see a lot of sevens to eights. Oh yeah, on like the bigger sites, and it was a shock. It was just and, average. Yeah, it, 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 you could argue that it is. That's what it is. It's like, but the game itself was well made. And that's the thing I always said about the game. It's a really well made game. It's just it's got these major flaws to it well they fix those major flaws but the the review scores are there and concrete like and even if they went back and updated them who's gonna go back and read them you know and oh, like, yeah, see, of course people are, are just gonna like google review score destiny review like uh the game came out like what 2014 i want to say and the first destiny Roughly, yeah. and when the people go like oh i want to play this game destiny in 2016 or 17 and they go look at review scores they're gonna see that seven or 7.5 um and that's what's gonna stick and to you know it, it's funny like um, I was talking to people online about this uh, when it happened and like people were asking you know if this is like a what they think of it and I was just like I think this is great because like you were saying games nowadays especially with the uh, always online and the way the you know, updates and everything are going uh, a game you know like I, like I was just saying it can be different from now but it also like we're like just kind of where like the the, the uh, media itself is going where um it's not just written review articles. Like most people nowadays, probably get their news and their information about gaming, about games, um, through like whether it's YouTube or podcasts or whatever. Listening yeah. to people talk about games, um, and not so much like, hey, at the end of this, at the end of this uh, three or three to twenty minute long conversation about this game, I'm gonna give you a score. It's like you now you're listening to them and what they're saying about the game, what they like about the game, what they dislike about the game. So it's like, I don't know how many games I've, I've probably played where it's like, uh, I like this act, this aspect about the game is really cool, I like this aspect of the game, that sold me on that game. You know, it's like, oh, you hear like, ah, you know, it's an RPG shooter game. Uh, oh, you know, it's a turn-based game. And it's like, ah, you hear that, and you kind of quickly, like, you don't care anymore. Like I was saying yep. a couple weeks ago, when I hear roguelike, I quickly don't care about the game anymore. Or, at the, you know, I, I at the very least... Um, 
I, I just like my interest level for that game has dropped quite a bit, and that's still true to this day. Um, but when I hear when I start hearing more details about the game, like when I hear more about Dead Cells, uh, I'm like that game kind of sounds kind of cool um, in the way they're doing it. Um, it totally changes it now. It's like so now when I go to like I would like to see you know I like I'm mostly like majority of the news and stuff I read uh, online is from IGN, um, but I, I do listen to a lot of video game podcasts. Uh, but when I go like when I go on there, I, I go like look up reviews on there. I you know, like I said, I quickly look at like the blurb of it, uh, kind of what's the main headline, uh, the final like the, the last paragraph, and I look at the score. There's like the three things, the three most important things to me of that game that kind of summarize it for me. Uh, and I don't know how many games I've totally like written off, and then like I'll go listen to a podcast, and it's just like, oh, that game actually sounds kind of cool. Like most games nowadays, I pre-order. Uh, and you guys, you know, like, you listen to me long enough, I'll, uh, games I usually buy after launch is because I heard great things. Like, the things I heard about that game sound really cool to me, you know? Um, so, I think this is a really great thing, and I hope more of the bigger sites do it. Uh, I, and like they said, review scores still mean something. Um, to, you know, I, I, you know, especially the one, like, we talk about it all the time, like, uh, not all the time, but it is brought up when, like, when, like, uh, oh, this game is seeing a lot of nines out of tens right now, or this game has got a really good Metacritic score. Like that's that, that score still means something. There's still value to it, um, but the value of it doesn't mean what it once did. Um, exactly. And this is more of like uh, I saw earlier about getting the Xbox One X, and I've talked to you about it before about if I bought a new Xbox, I get the X. Because it's more of a future-proofing thing. And I think this is what going away from review scores and going towards something different is. It's, it's future-proof. Um, because in a few years from now, like, everything nowadays, even games are, are online only or big multiplayer uh, uh, preferences or whatever you want to say uh, for it, um, like, that's where things are going and it's going heading more and more in that direction. Uh and just like get ahead of that now, um, while you still can, and you know, it's easier for I think for like a Polygon to do maybe and a Kotaku to do, because they're they're obviously huge sites that make uh you know that make they have a big audience and make decent amount of a decent amount of money at least to have uh, some talented writers on board, but um, you know they're they're at the they they have the opportunity to take some risk and I'm happy they're taking those, um, and I like to see if it makes a difference for them and I'm definitely I'm someone that. You know, I would, you know, I would just go to Polygon to look at the score, but not to actually read the review. And if I did read the review somewhere, it would be like an IGN or a GameSpot. I might actually, when I go to their website, I'm actually going to read the reviews because I'm curious about, like, what do they have to say? Um, and it's just, like I said, that's where um, gaming is going nowadays, uh, where review score at launch doesn't necessarily mean that's what the game is worth. Uh, a year from now, or even three to six months from now, look at like No Man's Sky, another great example, uh, where that game is now to where it was. Like that game was bashed, even not even just review mm-hmm. scores, but just what oh, people yeah. were saying about it. Uh, oh, yeah. So you can make the argument that even review scores or reviews in general. I mean, what does that mean uh, a year from now? Like, are they gonna go back and update those written words? Um, like, it's, I guess you can go like really deep into this. Like, I, that just popped my head just now. It's like. What do these words mean? You know, uh, three three to six months from now, because they can totally go back and correct that and fix that and change that. Um, 
it's just insane where gaming is. And um, I know when like No Man's Sky had their big, uh, big, basic relaunch back in like late July, early August. They had there was I saw some new reviews for it out um, then, uh, and I, I've even seen like um, you know sites do like Destiny Forsaken came out the new uh, expansion pack for uh, Destiny Two, uh, and people came out with reviews, but they were review in progress like the day after. So uh, we've already seen sites that still have scores, but they're um, they're finding ways to kind of uh, work around and still evolve a time without getting any scores uh, directly. Uh, and then like a week or so later, they have they finally have a final review. So they're finding ways to work around it, which I think is great. Um, and I, I'm curious to see you know kind of where things go in the future with it, uh, and if this takes off or not. Um, but you know, I. I I don't think scores are going away anytime soon, but um, at least I think the this is a good you know step in the right direction towards uh, um, changing the reviews landscape, how we do things. Because some 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 ways it's still very old school, uh, some ways it's still important to this day. But um, oh, yeah. anything you want to add before we move on to that one, Gables? No, I think we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking. Of- Drink my beer <laughs> when I asked you that question, but then you answered too fast, and I, I started swallowing quicker. Yeah, I just choked my beer, uh, <laughs> so I ended poorly for me. Um, sorry, guys. Moving on then to uh, the what we've been playing. Uh, Gables, what have you been yes. up to, buddy? All right. So to give a little update, it's pretty much my weekly WoW update now since it's like. <laughs> It's pretty much one of the games, not all of the games that I've been playing for the past month and a half. But I'm at level 70 right now with my character, my level 70 arms warrior. I have finally gotten to the first expansion pack, the first expansion thing for World of Warcraft, the Burning Crusade. I've been, I have gone through the first area and completed the mainline story missions for that of uh, the Hellfire Peninsula. Which, you know, in and of itself, I can understand why that some veteran players back in the day did not like playing through the course, because it can get kind of repetitive after a while, especially when you're facing off against the same enemy types and stuff, and there are some missions that sort of drag out a little bit longer than it should in comparison to, say, the uh, the, the base game and the regular quests, but... Uh, no, one of the, the quirks and stuff that I noticed while I was playing the game is there would be times that I would get killed by enemy monsters, and instead of, like, having... Instead of, like, having the graveyard, like, maybe maybe close or something like that, you can go ahead and, uh... You have to walk across, pretty much, like, the polar opposite direction of the map and stuff to get back to where you can actually resurrect. Because, here's the thing, there is an option to where you can actually pay, like, the Gravekeeper or something like that, that angel or something that's, like, right uh, right there. But, at the same time, you go through, like, about maybe 10 or 15 minutes of having, like, debuffs on your character, which, yeah, I would much rather just walk my way there, spend a good five minutes and resurrect myself than, like, actually be at a big old disadvantage as soon as I, like, uh, you know, finally awaken or summon my damn character again. But, at this moment in time, I am... I am actually pretty damn good when it comes to Warcraft at the time. I'm at uh, I'm at this particular place right now. I keep forgetting the name of it. It's like a really strange name. <laughs> Starts with a G. 
but uh, it has all these various like mushroom stuff, and the mission structure is definitely a bit better than the Hellfire Peninsula at this point. But um, I am probably going to be going through some uh, dungeons or possibly having some friends together take me through some raids and stuff since that seems to be the big big thing that people do inside world of warcraft once they get to a particular level set of course a lot of those are when people are all the way up to like level 120 or 110 but uh i was i was being taken through part of a raid just earlier on today by one of my friends and i was like level 70 and they're like up to like 110 120 and they're just taking out these things like with hardly any effort i'm like oh my god <laughs> i'm seeing like a, i literally see my friend she goes forth and she draws in like about 20 or 30 different monsters or something convulging on her character and all of a sudden it's like okay one magic attack all of them die at the same time like holy crap <laughs> and they're like about 20 levels higher than i am but uh what i wanted to talk about mostly was my continual time playing earthbound now, last time, I was inside of the desert area, which I believe is called Dune Dune Desert. But, uh, I completed the side quest. I found that contact lens in the middle of the desert. Finally. Basically, it was right by the sign that the person went forth and, uh, nailed to the ground and stuff like that. It was in the upper right corner from the sign. I saw something shining in the sand, so I clicked on it, and it's like, yep. Yeah, there we go. Got the contact lens. Went all the way back to Foreside. Went through the bakery. And uh, basically, I got... Give the guy his grandma's contact lens, as it is, and he gives me a pair of his dirty socks. <laughs> now, the thing about the dirty socks, it's a one-use item, and it completely immobilizes an enemy or some for that entire battle apparently so obviously this is going to be a item i'm not going to be using anytime soon and instead i went forth and uh called up the little pickup service the escargo express which basically kind of works you put you can either drop off items or pick up items that are basically set like in sort of a separate storage place so if ever you want like a particular item, which I kind of had to get back one of my uh, non-throwable items today. Because there was another area that I went through which I needed this specific item, which I did not think I would actually be using anywhere again in this quest. So what I ended up doing was I finally get to the forest side. I go back to the theater yeah, the theater realm or something like that. The theater, like, a building. And uh, I buy a ticket to the show, and I meet up again with these guys called the Runaway Five, which they basically are these five band members that are more akin to the Blues Brothers, you know, kind of like a spin-off thing. And they have been scammed again to staying inside of uh, a theater setting. They were sort of similarly scammed, like when they were back in a previous town that I went through three. Only this time, they... the the scam manager pretty much wants like a million dollars or something like that so basically what i had to do is i had to talk to this one npc in the desert which is this construction guy right i had to after i went through that whole theater building i went back to him he had already dug this hole but he could not get any further in it because there's these monsters inside the cave so i'll tell you what 
I went forth inside this cave, and basically, there are these five moles, which basically act as five separate bosses in this one area. Now, I what I'm doing right at this moment is I'm looking up the dialogue for these moles, because this is pretty much one of the most preposterous and probably one of the most funniest things I could... I think I've read inside of this game so far because the dialogue for these bosses before you they fight you basically is a play upon being the third strongest. <laughs> Let's see. Third strongest. Strongest moles. Old dialogue. Well, basically what it, it was... Well, let's see. Basically what it is, is like what I was saying before. It's like these guys, there's five of them. Each of them play a role of being the third strongest and stuff, but they all guard a specific portion of this cave that you have to clear out. And if you don't know exactly what... <laughs> what, uh... If you don't know exactly what item or some, or you don't know your way out... Basically, <laughs> I got myself confused while going through this cave, and I got kept getting lost... To the point where I did find this little area. There's a bunch of these mice, right, in the center of this cage. They're called, like, an emergency exit mouse. Where you could get one of them. And once you're done with this cave, you can actually use one of them to use... To get all the way to the back of the front. It's sort of like in Pokemon. I use an escape rope to get to the front. <laughs> I know, it's so weird. But, uh... Yeah, it's... It was definitely something, and the moles were not particularly that strong, to be perfectly honest, but uh, but what was funny is, during these battles, I kept using these big bottle rockets that Jeff had, and when I would use them, they would do about like 500 points of damage, like incredibly huge amount of damage for that portion, and it would end up one-shotting the boss like in like one hit. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my gosh, though, but... Uh, Oh, man, yeah. I'm still kind of looking up the dialogue and stuff for these these moles or something like that. It's like... Now, I'll just say, like, a little bit later if I do find them. But to carry on and stuff, once I finished with the mole stuff, I went back all the way to Foreside, completed the task there, and I had to go all the way back because I had realized I gotta talk to that same construction worker and get an item so I can pay off that receptionist in Foreside so I can free the Runaway 5 to set another trigger of events. So I do that, and, you know, as I'm going through all this, I finally go up to the department store inside the Foresight, and uh, I get a lot of my items and inventory stuff. Of course, I know what's going to happen next as soon as I exit, so I made sure to have some of the best items on Ness and Jeff, because in this section, once you try to exit the department store... The lights go out, and one of your party members gets captured, and you have to go all the way back up there and fight one of the first alien-type bosses in the entire game, which is appropriately named the Department Store Spook. <laughs> I know, it's weird, right? It's basically some weird green alien-type monster with these tentacles and these big eyes. So, he has this ability and stuff where he can actually paralyze your party members, and so I was fortunate enough not to get paralyzed during that exchange, but I was able to beat him, rest, like, I had to go through some other different 
types of events before I could rescue my other uh, party member. Because basically throughout that entire battle, one of the bad guys or something like that from the main bad guy inside Foresight, like, takes her away to the Monotoli building, which is appropriately named after the dude that acquired this one statue. But I'll get into that, though. But before I had to do that, I had to go through this cave. Go back to the desert, right? And I had to go through this cave, and I had to go through and find these particular items for these monkeys in this cave. And so, basically, what all this led to is me learning a teleportation technique to where I can easily now fast travel to, like, any other previous town that I've been through before. And for those who have actually been following along with this conversation and stuff, I know. This is an RPG. This is a game that's absolutely fucking crazy. But I love every minute of it. <laughs> so, to fast forward along and stuff, I finally do rescue my party member and stuff, and, uh... The last time I had left off, I had finally gotten my fourth My Sanctuary song, which there's like eight in all, and uh, it's through different types of locations and stuff where you can learn a little bit of this song that'll help you out after you defeat the different types of guardians that these enemies that protect this thing to try to make sure you don't get it because they are minions of that evil alien called Gygus. So the last enemy I faced was a particular funny name, name sounding one, which uh, is appropriately just called Shroom, <laughs> with an exclamation point at the end. It's just a giant fucking mushroom that just goes through and tries to do brain shock and like try to solidify your uh, your uh, allies and stuff. And because it's like a mushroom based enemy, it will actually do like a mushroom type status ailment, which uh, makes you feel strange. And what that does, it has a little mushroom icon above your name and stuff. And uh, you, it has a possibility if you can actually attack one of your allies <laughs> unsubconsciously without even realizing it. So one of my party members faints during the battle. And uh, both Ness and Jeff are like almost low of energy. And then all of a sudden I hit one shot and it's like I killed that thing. I was like, oh, thank God. I did not want to repeat that again. <laughs> so yes... Right at this moment in time, I am I am at this uh, kind of tropical resort sort of town before I have to get to this one place called Summers. And I am almost exactly at the area where I had left off previously while playing the Super Nintendo version. And I am happy as hell that I'm almost to that point so quickly. <laughs> So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be playing a little bit more with it. And I know there's going to be even some... There's going to be even more crazy shit. But uh, I am having so much fun just playing this game. And it's such a refreshing thing coming from playing an MMORPG like World of Warcraft. And all of a sudden you're playing a turn-based RPG. I know. RPG to another RPG. I mean, <laughs> where is my life? I work 40 hours a week, so fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, <sighs> yes, I've been having quite a bit of fun with this stuff, and that's pretty much all I've been playing. <laughs> Very cool, man. Uh, two things. Yes. Actually, really one thing. Uh, you're a fucking nerd. Uh, <laughs> I'll point it out. I'm the, I'm the drunk one, you're the nerd. I think that's how it works in this podcast. I think so, too, yeah. I don't know how that happened, but that's just how it ended up working out. Uh, you play anything else, though? Um, honestly, no, I haven't yet. Okay. Um, well, 
I have one game you should be playing, Gables. Okay. It came out just yesterday oh, as a yes. recording. And that game is called Spider-Man. Oh, uh, God. So, uh, cool thing. I, um, I was supposed to have this past Friday off. Uh, and then some shit happened. And I couldn't take the day off. It was approved. And it was, then I was like, oh, no, I got to come in. And then literally like Thursday evening, uh, I talked about boss. Shit got moved around again. And I'm like, can I just take tomorrow off, please? She's like, yeah, that's fine. So then I got Friday off. Nice. So, um, Spider-Man uh, released. I bought it digitally. I bought the digital deluxe version. Um, it was 80 bucks. Comes with the season passes. So I got a pin over there. Like, the, the one that sticks to your shirt. Now, like a pin you write with. I got one of those a few months ago for uh, for buying the buying the game on PS, uh, Play, PlayStation, whatever. So, um, game came out at 11 o'clock on Thursday night. Stayed up late. Um... I watched football. Luckily, NFL came out. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made it. Um, until then, watch that boring-ass game. Um, and then came out, played it for about 45 minutes or so on Thursday night. Went to bed. Woke up about, I don't know, 6, 6.30 Friday morning. Sort of popped it on. I, I got some coffee from Starbucks. Got my work girl on, as they, they say. Got my uh, sea salt cold foam uh, cold brew uh, at Starbucks Vente of course um, uh-huh. and uh, drank that ate some breakfast started playing uh, Spider-Man probably about 7 7 15-ish next thing I know it's uh, 6 6.30pm um, <laughs> and yeah, there's some breaks in there too but I basically played Spider-Man for probably 12 hours on Friday. Wow. And then uh, woke up this morning about 8, 8.15 a.m. I say I played play Spider-Man. And um, played that. next, And about I started playing about 9 a.m. Next thing I know, it's like 12.30, 1 o'clock. So, I, you know, I, overall, I'm probably in that 12 to 14 hour range as far as Spider-Man goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely hooked on this game. Um, wow. If you haven't noticed already, I'm not. You now I was talking to some people online about this and about being hooked on this game. And like, this is, there's obviously a lot of excitement around this game. And uh, and I was saying like, I am. I don't, I don't know when the last time I've been hooked on a game like this is. And I was thinking about it. The last couple times, like oh, the last game. Okay, so it was like ah, oh, you know, like it's been a long time. I thought about it. I'm like, really has it. Like, God of War, that first weekend it came out, I played a fuck ton of that game. Mm. I probably put 15 hours in that first weekend it was out. Wow. Um, absolutely loved it. But I was like, when's the last time? And that was, like, and that was April. Like, when, when's the last time before that? And I'm like, Horizon Zero Dawn, that first. I remember, like, that game came out, like, on a, on a Tuesday. And the Switch came out the Friday after. Oh and I took God. the I took the Monday off of work. I told my boss, I'm like, hey, the Switch is coming out. Uh, I like to actually, like, I don't have time to play games. I like to have a day to sit there, sit at home and play the game. So my boss was nice enough to give me that Monday off to play the Switch. And I spent the entire day playing Horizon Zero Dawn on the <laughs> PS4. Didn't even play. Didn't even fucking touch the Switch. Just playing my PS4. That is Breath of the Wild sitting there. Um, didn't even touch it. I played that all day. Um, and I was like, that's insane to me. The last three games I've been really severely hooked on 
have been PlayStation PlayStation exclusive games. Um, and I don't want to like, oh, you're a fanboy of PlayStation. Cause, you know, I'm not. Uh, but they make excellent games. Um, and it's just, I love, love, love. It's just like, you know, we love gaming. Uh, we love talking about, oop, I hit my mic there. Oop, ooh, knocked, oh, Jesus Christ, about knocked the entire thing over. Uh, that's how excited <laughs> I am. I about knocked my entire mic off the computer. Um, but we love gaming. We love talking about games. But for me personally, there's not a lot of times that I get like, absolutely absorbed into a game oh um, yeah like the way it's really rare yeah and uh when it does have like you, when, when you're not in that moment you're like oh man i wish that was here i wish i had that a game like that i can get sucked into but when it does happen it's just like it makes it that much better you know um enjoying a game like that and um you know like i said i'm, I'm at least a dozen hours in this game if not more uh, and I've, fuck, I don't know, probably only put a, four hours into the main campaign. Um, you know, so starting off, obviously you're Spider-Man, uh, you swing around the city, uh, fight crime. Uh, the main story is you're Spider-Man, he's 23 years old at this point, and he's been Spider-Man for eight years, which I love the fact we just skipped over entirely over the origin stories about how he became Spider-Man, because you know how it happened. And yeah. they kind of gloss over it, and there's way, if you really want to know more about the backstory, there are, like, collectibles, and they talk about it here and there. Um, uh-huh. And so, he, like I said, he's 23, he's out of college, he's working for, um, uh, fuck what, Oct- Daily Oct- Bugle? No, so he, he actually did work for the Daily Bugle, and then he quit to work with the guy that would eventually be, will eventually become Dr. Octopus. Uh-huh. Um Octavius, I think, is his, his actual name. Otto Octavius, yes. Yes, uh, something like that. Yeah, so he's working for him, uh, and uh, as of the story, like he's not Doctor Octopus. He's still like, he's still a good guy, and then he works for him um, with him in his in his lab on uh, some science experiments, and um, you know he's 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 in a rough time. Uh, you know he's he's way past due on his all his bills and blah blah blah, uh, but kind of. The, the things I love about this game, it's just like the open world. It, the city itself, so most of it I think takes place on um, Manhattan. Um, and the city itself is not overly big, uh, wow. which is great. You know, like, it's like people like the, like, oh, there's, you know, it takes you 20 minutes to go from the one end of the map to the other. Oh, there's 20 <laughs> miles of uh, land here. But oh, I have always yes. said, you can have, uh, you know, a, a map, the actual size of Knights of America if the shit in the game isn't fun to play it doesn't fucking matter Um, and you know this game takes place and you can get from one side of the map to the other in a few minutes probably 10 minutes at most Um, but I just love the combat the combat is very similar to like the Arkham Batman Arkham games uh, where like you have like you get like the you get like the Spidey sense and he has like you can dodge um the it's kind of a fast-paced combat, um, a lot of crazy combos. Um, you know, said when you when something's about when you're about to get hit or something's about to hit you, there's like that little bit of a delay there, like slow motion where you can dodge and you have time to like do a counterattack while or whatever, blah blah blah. Um, so they kind of took that as their core mechanic, which I'm totally fine with because I you know I, I've talked about I love the uh, Batman Arkham fighting style. And, uh, like, you know, not a lot of games have taken that style 
and they've definitely done that and they've done a great job of incorporating that with spider-man um but you know there's a lot of like take this base back you know like uh you see a lot like some of this stuff isn't like really groundbreaking they've done a great job of taking things from other open world games like oh like there's this there's this construction site that's the the fisk uh that um, fisk has uh kingpin uh yeah. runs and you gotta take it you know go and beat all the beat up all the bad guys and take it back um for the police and you go there and you fight them and those are fun to do i'm enjoying those immensely and then there's some side stuff to do with like uh some exploring and catching pigeons and blah blah, blah. uh the, the i'm having fun just going around doing all of those side activities um it's the combat itself and then um the the man that plays spider-man i don't know what his actual name but he's just really great at spider-man like with the quips and the jokes and everything it's just awesome um but flying around the city like they just did a great job with the web swinging in this game where it actually makes like some logical sense like you see like there's been like some other games that done like like the swing around the city they've done a good job of it but it doesn't really make any sense like the way he's swinging around the city it's like what is he shooting that web to like you're at the top of like you're on the tallest building in new york city and you're still web swinging it doesn't make any sense and in this game like if you're super high up and there's nothing to like uh attach to you can't attach to it you can't you know shoot a web to anything you gotta wait till you're like next to a building like they made some actual like pretty logical sense of swinging around the city but also at the same time making it make sense um, but also just the feel of it and uh, the, the momentum you get and the speed flying around the city, the moves you can do, maneuvering, all that. It feels great. And then just the way they're dealing with Spider-Man himself is really good. Where, you know, it's like in Batman games, I love the Batman games, like I said. Um, but you're always Batman. You're not Bruce Wayne um, ever. Uh, except for like the first 15 minutes of Batman Arkham City. Uh, in this game, you actually deal with a lot of cutscenes because uh, it doesn't take place overnight. It takes place over, at least in the, the time I played a bit, over at least you know, a few days or if not a week at this point. And, and like I said, I'm on, uh, I've only completed Act 1 a little bit after, maybe an hour after that, like three or four missions after Act 1. And like you also deal a lot with like Peter Parker the man and dealing with like his life. Like I said, you're like, he, uh, dealing with, like, he's about to be evicted from his apartment. Uh, all this shit going on with his job. Uh, Mary, him and Mary Jane uh, broke up about six months ago in this in this story. Uh, she knows you're Spider-Man. She's worked for the Daily, Daily Bugle. You actually play, like, missions as Mary Jane. Uh, she's okay. telling you what's going on with those. Uh, dealing with Aunt May and everything. Like, they do a, like, they do a great job of, like, Making you feel like Spider-Man, but also making you feel like a human, you know, or like, like he's not, he's not like just living life, uh, grand, you know, you're not like, uh, you know, they, they find out they've really done a great job of grounding you in this game. And, um, you, you like, you feel for Peter Parker where like, he's like this great person who does all these great things, but he's just also trying to live a life and like dealing with the things he sacrificed to become Spider-Man. Like, he sacrificed his relationship. He's, uh, basically sacrificing, you know, like, um, you know, he's sacrificing the woman he loved with his family, uh, his job. Like, he's basically given up 
pretty much everything to become Spider-Man and do uh, these wonderful things and great things for the city. And also, it's kind of fun to go back and it's just like he's defeated all of these enemies, like all these like you, like people always talk about how great Batman's enemies are. Like he's got a ton of great uh, ba- uh, main villains, mm-hmm. but Spider-Man says a surprising amount of really good villains, like yeah. uh, Vulture and Kingpin, Scorpion, uh, you know, like Doctor Octopus. Uh, we even got to the Osborns, um, uh, and like the Osborn is like the mayor of the of the city. Um, like there's like a surprising amount of just really cool bad guys, Rhino. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I, I played a decent amount of it having a fucking blast playing this game. Uh, I, I really, it's, it's one of those crazy things where I'm like having so much fun. Like I'm, I'm in like a, like tough struggle where it's like, I, I'm having fun with this, this campaign. Like it's an actually really good storyline and, uh, an open world game. Um, which you don't see a lot of, you know, usually the story there is like, eh, it's, just, it's, it's kind of a thing that kind of give you something to do if you don't want to do the open world stuff. Uh, but really the main part of it is the open world stuff. Uh, in this game where it's like, I'm having a blast just being Spider-Man and flying around the city and doing these like, uh, really fun side missions or just like, even if the like side missions are great, they're just short enough that you don't really feel like you're wasting your time. Um, but also like, I would just love to have a linear Spider-Man game where it's just like yeah. I, you know, I'm dealing with all the things like if they just cut all the like all the open world stuff out and they just made the storyline itself, I still feel like I would enjoy this game quite a bit. Like the open world stuff is just like it's seizing on top of that steak is what it feels like to me. Um, and yeah, I like I said, I'm gonna play some more of it. Um, an issue I, I've definitely found with myself personally is with open world games where I enjoy them quite a bit at the end, or quite a bit at the beginning, and I burn out at them towards the end, then the latter half of the game. Uh, I'm still in that that first half of the game, but I'm still, I'm, like I said, I'm having a blast more than usual I usually have with these kinds of games. But, um, you know, in a week or two, we'll see where I am. But everybody seems to be loving this game, uh, not just me. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about quite a bit where I didn't think God of War would, nothing would hold a candle to that game. And then I played Celeste, and I'm like, I don't think like those games are like in their own category. And then this game's <laughs> come out, and I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, game of the game of the year was simple to me until about a month ago, and now I played Celeste, <laughs> and I played Spider Man, and there's still a lot of great games coming later this year. But I'm just like, fuck. Now there's actual competition, which is great, you know. But it's just like, yeah, uh, that's just I just wanted I made those comparisons to Celeste and God of War because that's how much fun I'm having with this game so far. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's excellent. It's amazing. Um, and if you have a PS4, this is a must buy game. Uh, I don't, I don't feel, I, I just, to me, if you have that console, there's no reason not to play this game. Um, uh, so yeah. Or even if you don't, even if you don't have the console, buy the fucking console for this game. Um, yeah. So fucking amazing so far. Uh, can't wait to go back and play it some more. I'm kind of disappointed that the game came out now when football's out because now I gotta like, yeah. do you want to play Spider Man or do I want to play football? Well, you know, I got <laughs> I got NFL Sunday ticket where I can watch football from noon on Sunday to 11 p.m. on Sunday, but it's like fuck, Spider Man's out. So now I gotta squeeze Spider Man in between football, which sucks. But I love all these things. So um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Um, 
I'll talk about obviously more next week. Uh, late no, I don't know if I'll finish it, but uh, um, I'll have more to say about next week and maybe see where I'm see where I'm at on it. Um, but I think that's everything for the show this week. Um, yeah. If you like the show, uh, check us out on other places and uh, like on Facebook. We, uh, we have a page and group, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Like and join us on there at at Twitter um, at Drunk Dash at Drunk Dash at Jesus Christ at Drunk Nerds Pod. Follow us on there on twitch.tv slash uh, podcast uh, follows on there and sends friend requests we like friends friends are good and on YouTube we are uh, Drunk Nerds Pod or no, I'm sorry Drunk Nerds um, subscribe to us on there podcast goes on there as well give us a big thumbs up leave us a comment and then also on iTunes uh, we're on there as well uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast subscribe leave us a five star review and please leave a comment uh, about how much you like the show the more of you out there that like Give us uh, five stars, thumbs ups, comments, whatever. More likely it is for people to see us, and we really appreciate it if you would do so. Um, until next week, guys, I was Joe, I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So until next time, everyone, have yourself a good week, play yourself some good games, and most importantly of all, listen to another fun filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet. Bye, guys. See ya.